0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It is David and Isaac. This is Hoop Ball Grizzlies. We are back with you. The Memphis Grizzlies win both games in Portland. Finish off today 120 to 113. And it really was not all that close. Portland made a run at the end of the game to get back into it. But the Grizzlies dominated this game. They just knew Portland knows the importance of this game and they were not laying down. They fought back into it, went on a 15 to 3 run. The Grizzlies managed to hold them off. I still do not understand why in the heck Jenkins is playing Grayson over Melton when you're closing <laughs> the game. But they won. Here we go. Two in a row against Portland. Now we're traveling back with arrested Jaron Jackson to Denver tomorrow. With a chance to be tied for the Portland, doesn't play again tomorrow, do they?
1: No, no, you know, they don't
0: So the, the Grizzlies could be tied with the Blazers for the seven seed with a win in Denver tomorrow. And then they have Portland back at home on Wednesday. Portland back at home in Memphis on Wednesday. This was a massive game. The Grizzlies played fantastic, a lot of great stuff. A lot of fun watching the game. My baby was sleeping. My wife was hitting me, but I didn't care.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man, just a a tremendous win uh, to get both of these games. I think under the circumstances, I think today is probably the biggest win of the season uh, for this Grizzlies team. And, I I mean, I know we've seen some bad losses. We've seen some of late. But to go in here with with this attitude, I mean, you know what was on the line. I mean, for a Portland team, and and, and what a a guy like Dame, uh, before this series, he was talking about, how important these games were down the stretch, uh, that they had to had to get these wins to try to stay out of the play-in, get in the six, and for the Grizzlies to walk in there and come out of there with two, I, I think that's just fantastic. I mean, I we talked about in this show. I thought I thought they split them. I thought for sure the Grizzlies would get one, but I didn't really see a chance that they came out of here with both of these. And this is huge. And with one more back on the home court at FedEx Forum on Wednesday night, they got an opportunity to sweep this team 3-0, and that would be absolutely a, a tremendous. But uh, I think if they – they do that. I, I find it hard-pressed to see them drop any lower than, than seven, barring something crazy down the stretch. And, and we'll talk about their schedule a little bit later on. We, we mentioned how a lot of winnable games down the stretch for this team. But just a, a big-time win today. Um, and you got another big one tomorrow night. Uh, Denver, uh, Will Barton went down with a quad injury. He's going to be out tomorrow night. I think Monte Morris is still out. And Will Barton, despite the, the 46 points that Jokic had in that first game, they don't win that game without Will Barton. He was a big no, part of that game, just killing the Grizzlies down the stretch, just knocking down big shot after big shot. So he's a big loss. So uh, it, it's a tough back-to-back, but I've said it, I think, on the last couple of shows. I got a feeling the Grizzlies go out there and win this one. And that would mean they finished this road trip at five and two, man. That's that's absolutely amazing. I mean, we talked about this trip for for a month before they, they even went on and talked about if you could get three wins, maybe someone else reach out four. If they could get five, man, that's Crazy. I mean five and two on one of the toughest stretches I've ever seen in a schedule. That would be that would be amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Uh jV coming back off of the concussion protocol with a big game, double double 21 and 10.
1: Man, <laughs>
0: the the seven foot sniper out there. We've got Man, two of them, forward. and y'all didn't even know.
1: Yeah, didn't, didn't, know, even, didn't know. even know, man. <laughs> right on <under> your <laughs> I, nose, I, I man. I
0: believe it. I'm like, man, where's where this coming from? <laughs> knocking down three threes. He didn't end up making another one the rest of the game, but he had three threes early. Yeah, and I'm like, holy Tide's, crap, Tide's man. man. High, yeah, yeah, j- just great game. Another big game. John Morant, 28, eight and three, two steals from him. Big defensive plays at the end, knocking down the free throws in the clutch time. Star players have to make big plays. Big players have to make big plays. John Morant done that. There have been plenty of games this season where he's gone off and the Grizzlies have lost, and these last couple, they found a way to close them out, and I'm glad. I hate to see a great effort from him wasted. You're going to have it every now and then, but I think it's happened far too much this season. Dylan Brooks cannot say enough about what he done matched up against Dame Lillard in this series, man. And You know, I think, Isaac, you just tweeted out before we went yeah. live. What were those numbers?
1: Yeah, man, uh, D- D- I mean, Dylan Brooks, man, just tremendous defense on Damian Lillard. throughout Over these two games, Dame 16 of 49 overall and 7 of 21 from 3. I mean, you just can't speak to that. I mean, he had th- over 20 points in both games, but you just look at the shoot numbers. I mean, he got a lot of that at the free throw line and made some shots, but, I mean, efficiency-wise, uh, he was not good in these two in these two games, and that's a testament to DB. Um, and I mean, it got in his head in the first game. Uh, Damian got upset, had some words for him, and, and I love it. And, and Dylan's just kind of <laughs> laughing at all. He's not even he's not even worried about it, man. He's not even concerned about it. He got these guys heated today. I think he had Carmelo. Him and Carmelo had a little 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 words today. He had yeah. him heated. Got, got, Carmelo got crunk up for a while, man. I thought he was gonna gonna bring them back to a victory, man. But they Grizzlies, like you said, we talked about before we came on here, every time the Warrior Warriors, every time the Blazers made a run, the, the Grizzlies were able to to kind of come back and throw another punch, and they did that after the, the Carmelo run.
0: Yeah, Brevin talked about on the broadcast how the, the Grizzlies, even though it's a young team, they play with a lot of uh, veteran savvy, and they just kind of weather the runs. They, they know the runs are going to come, and they just seem to, you know, take it on the chin and then keep on going. Going, Dame, 8 for 27 for 23 points, eight for 27, man, he scored scored (laughs) 23 points, but it took him 27 attempts to get there. And so if you want to come at me and be like, Oh, well, he scored 23 (laughs) anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Let Dame Lillard take 27 shots on a regular night and let me see what he scores. It's going to be significantly more than 23. I guarantee it. And that's just unbelievable job by Dylan Brooks. I've been on uh, DB Island since day one. Gonna stay there. Got my house built. Living there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've mean I've, i I've been right there with you, and like you said, I've seen some box scores where Dave had fifty and only took like twenty-seven shots. So yeah. you're right yeah. about that. That's that's DB all day, man. Just get it, get it done on get it, get it done on both ends. Have a slow start offensively, but hit some big-time shots in the third and fourth quarter, man. He when when it's time to shine, man, he usually steps up big, and he did that in both of these games at a big third quarter in the first game and, and, and really stepped it up in the second half to tonight. Man. And it, it's just, I, I just love watching him play, man. it's so fun. Like, again, I, I love the way that he he gets guys upset and he, he, he thrives in those moments. He loves to to have the, the spotlight on him and, and take these big shots and to have people upset. He loves that. And, and I, like I said, I think, and we've talked about this before on here that you need a guy like that on the team. And again, he's, Really fun to watch, and haven't had much from the haters lately. I mean, crickets out there uh, on the DB haters, man. I think a lot of people have have congregated to that island now. You, you don't hear much negative talk about DB around here lately.
0: Yeah, yep, one hundred percent, man. I'm I'm glad they're being quiet right now. As soon as he messes up, they'll be they'll be back. They'll be <laughs> oh, talking you're, you're about him. That, that's sure. okay. I'm staying on the island. Points in the paint tonight are today. The Grizzlies outscored the Blazers fifty to forty in the paint. Second chance points was thirteen to eight in favor of the Grizzlies. Fast break 33 to 26 in favor of the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies win the rebounding game tonight. JV yeah. comes back and makes the difference only by one, but uh, after getting out rebounding in the other game, what was it by nine in the first game? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, 54 to 53. The Blazers still had uh, had quite a few offensive rebounds. Yeah, but, 15. Yeah. You know, say the, the second chance points, um, eight, eight, you know, eight second chance points. And a lot of that is credited to JV, you know using his strength, using you know everything that he brings to the table to get those guys, even if they're getting the offensive rebound, he's contesting right under there. And that, that's why I wasn't scared going into this game. Would I have liked to have seen Jaren in this game? Yeah, but I think I like Jaren better in that Nuggets matchup.
1: Yeah, gets Jaren. And, sure. and I feel
0: like you know they were comfortable enough thinking that they could win this game without Jaren saying, okay, let's save him. Was we did play back to back games against Portland. This was not actually a back to back. We had a day off in between. We, as in the, the, the Grizzlies, we I've, I've been off work, but anyway, you know, it, it's uh, it's gonna be good. You're, you're gonna have a fully rested Jaron Jackson. They get no rest, they're traveling to Denver, they lose an hour, and they're going to elevation. So it's gonna be tough. Saw people already kind of chalking it up as a schedule loss. It's a possibility that that happens, but. I, I don't think so. The Grizzlies are locked in, ready to go. I feel like they're gonna be up for this game as well. They they want to get in. They they want to be in the playoffs, and these guys have been playing great lately.
1: Yeah, and the Brevin and Pete talked about it on the broadcast. I think they, they they also say it's like a forty five to fifty minute drive from the from the airport to the hotel. So it, it's a tough one of to, the this is probably the tough back toughest back to back you could probably play at the NBA. But like you said, I think this Grizzlies team is gonna be ready for this game especially with the way the first two games went uh, they're not they haven't forgot those games tough win in double overtime to, to start off this early in this trip uh, the second game of this trip a third game of this trip i mean uh and, and the first one lost about one point at fedex form so they're gonna remember those games and again i think they're locked in i mean you're gonna be fully healthy you're gonna have jv and jared in this game you suspect uh so i i think they're gonna win this game uh, earlier when we first when we first started this road trip we got to talk it up and talk about it because it's a tough game. It could be a schedule loss. But I've since kind of, kind of changed my stance on that. I think this is a game that they go out and win, especially with them not having Will Barton. I think they're going to take advantage of that, and I think they're going to come out 5-2 and two on this trip, and that's something that I, I didn't even dream of going in. I thought four probably max, But if they, to go 5-2, and two, that's just amazing. And this team is, is hungry right now. You can just see it. They understand the importance of these games, and I, I think they're going to be ready. Uh, but what? Well, before I go to move on, we'll talk about Jared. A lot of Grizz fans seem to be surprised by that, and I understand the frustration. You think he's been off, possibly extra time. We've got to talk about how long they held him out, and that he should be able to play back to backs. But you have to know, with the way this team operates, that they weren't going to play him both games of back to backs. Like I was kind of surprised by the outrage when the when the report came out. Like you guys didn't understand, it, didn't know this was going to be the deal. We kind of told you. If you listen to the Hoop Ball podcast, you, you would have known that he wasn't going to play on back-to-backs. I think that was kind of pretty, pretty obvious, but it seemed a lot of people were upset about that. But I do want to talk about uh, Justice Winslow. And Justice Winslow had one of his best games as a Grizzly today. Um, I mean, he didn't – not offensively, he only had six points, uh, but was, man, diving on the floor, making hustle plays, uh, doing made a lot of, a lot of plays. did it have six, six points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals. He uh, played 18 minutes and, and, again, made some plays today, and I thought – Handled up the, the point guard in the second unit really well, and you still had some people on Twitter like dogging him out. And I was like, if you're dogging him out today and saying that Tyus would have been so much better than this today, I think you're just you're just gonna stick with your narrative no matter what, no matter what Justice does. You're still not gonna give him credit for it because I thought he played fantastic today. And again, I, I was talking about earlier this week that they supposedly shut him down, but if you get this version of him, I'm not upset with him playing over Tyus I, because I think. Just yeah, by yeah. sheer size and defensive ability, I think it outweighs what Tyus brings off offensively. I, I think people, a lot of Grizz fans act like Tyus has been James Harden or something offensively. He's not <laughs> putting that putting those kind of numbers up offensively. I think the other yeah, intangibles think, that Justice brings, I think outweighs what the difference between him and Tyus offensively.
0: Yeah, you know, Justice had three turnovers, and that's something that that Tyus does not do. You oh know, yeah, Tyus, you know, Tyus will have a game here and there where he turns the ball over. But justice made just, two just or three hustle plays yeah. that, that Tyus yeah. would not have made, and, and that's not, you know, guys. When we're talking about this stuff, please don't take it as we're just no, dogging Tyus. Right, I love Tyus, but because that we know what he means to this team. But you got to see what you have in Justice Winslow. You have to, and that is. I saw consistency mentioned quite a few times when we're talking about Tyus Jones. And if you're one of those guys that are talking about consistency with him, go back to the numbers, man. The only thing that Tyus does consistently is not turn the ball over. That is very important. It's extremely important, but on the offensive end, Tyus is far from consistent. And so, you know, I, the defensive matchups that like Isaac was talking about, it, there were a couple plays where Justice was on Carmelo Anthony, and if that's Tyus Jones, Carmelo's getting the bucket. Tyus doesn't have the length; he he's not going to be able to contest. And you know, Melo would muscle him down and get a closer shot if it was Tyus on defense. So Justice is going to bring some things that Tyus can, and, and the same way the the. That card goes both ways. Tyus is going to take better care of the ball. He's probably going to make better decisions night in and night out, but I'm all about seeing if justice is going to be a part of this team or not. And the rest of this run for this season, I think is going to be kind of, uh, I think this may be his audition, you know, in air quotes there uh, of whether or not he's going to be a part of this team moving forward.
1: And you just have to to weigh it. Like you said, that Tyus is probably going to make better decisions. He's usually not going to turn the basketball over. But you said it on the last show, and I I tweeted, I talked to someone. I was having a little conversation about that situation on Twitter today. I I think when you look at it, there have been times where this was for several games, a couple times this year where Tyus has been downright awful offensively, where he couldn't throw it in the ocean uh, at times. So it's not like he's this big offensive juggernaut. I could see if he was a guy that was consistently giving you 13, 14 points and you saying, you're putting Justice out there and he's only giving you 4 or 5 points and that kind of outweighs everything else he does. That's not the case at all with this situation. Tyus, I I love Tyus. I like what he brings. He's steady. He doesn't turn the basketball over, but if you're going to get the hustle plays and the defensive effort that you got out of Justice Justice today, I think i take that over what Tyus brings offensively and the steady ball handling because I just think his size just brings a different dynamic uh, to this lineup. That Tyus just there are things that he just can't do uh, when when it comes to defense. I think this team has enough offense. I think they're they're fine with him. And then Tyus makes some drives to the basket and, and does some things that he knocks down some shots as well. So he, he had six points today. And there's plenty of games where Tyus has six points, six seven points. That's actually what he averages uh, six point nine points a game. So uh, I thought a big game for for Justin today. And if he can build off of that. I think he, he'll be fine because I, I love what I thought of him today, and I thought he made some plays to help win this game.
0: Yeah, and, he, you know, the, the people that are wanting ties back, they may very well get their wish tomorrow night in Denver. With this being a back-to-back and, you know, the short travel, it, it's a very good chance that we see Justice rest tomorrow in Denver because they haven't really been playing him on back-to-backs. So we may get ties back tomorrow, but, you know, it, I like what you said about they don't need they don't need him offensively because you look at the guys that the Grizzlies have, and with Jaron healthy, you've got five guys that can go off for twenty points on, on any given night. Dylan is more than capable. Kyle has done it, you know, multiple times this year. JV, Grayson, Ja, you know, and Jaron, so you got six guys, and Kyle probably to a lesser extent, but it's not that he's not capable of it. You know, you have other guys that can do the scoring for you. You know, X only scored two points tonight, but he had an impact on the game. You know, his two points were huge, you know, not not that important so much, but the poster dunk. Oh, man. <laughs> Brevin was cracking <laughs> me up on the call with that. Man, oh, man. man. Was, he he it's was nasty, man. He was in it. And I was like, you know, so, so the, the offense what what you're saying it great example you you've got five or six guys that are gonna score your secondary players your role players you don't have to have big you know 10 14 15 16 points from them DeAnthony Melton what, uh, let's see I'm Clark had 10 I was on the wrong line Melton had eight tonight you know he didn't shoot the ball that well but he was impactful on the defensive end and that's what you need from your role players so I'm still all aboard the justice train until he does something uh, to me. He's not going to do anything to derail me from being on the justice train for the rest of the season, just because I feel like time off has got a lot to do with the reason we're seeing the things that we're seeing from him.
1: Yeah. Again, if you get this effort that you got today, I, I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, the last couple of games, he really struggled. I thought he was hurting the team, but I don't feel like that was the case today at all if these if you're going to get this effort i'm 100 on board with him playing over Tyus. and again that's not dogging Tyus at all i don't want again i don't want anybody to think we're dogging tigers i love him and again we might see tires tomorrow night with it being a back-to-back but you, you just got to look at the situation i love to have the two bigger guys and him and Cal be able to be on the ball be job play 30 minutes i going to play a lot of minutes it's not like these guys out there playing the Justice out here playing thirty minutes at point guard. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that brings size, brings defense, brings some intangibles. Same thing with Kyle uh, when they're in the game. And and it, 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 I think it it, I think it weighs more than again the offense that Tyus brings. I mean, off, Tyus is not known as a big time offensive player either. And again, I don't know why some people act like Tyus was scoring twenty points a game. That's what you would think when you hear some of these comments, and that just hasn't been the case. And there have been times where he didn't, I mean, as someone they were talking about how did the second unit run is running much better than it did today. I'm like, well, justice has been on the ball back up and they've won two of the biggest games of the season. So I'm not sure what what you're meaning by that, but I, I don't know. I just think there's some people out there. They're not going to give justice credit no matter what they want ties to play over him. And that's it. Justice probably go out there and score 20 points and they would have something to say about him playing over, over ties. But, yeah. uh, well, one thing that I do want to talk about is is, is Grayson Allen. Um, man, just has been bad for this team down the stretch. I mean, you go back to the Dallas game, missed those free throws, and, and has made some bad plays down the stretch. Made a couple of couple tonight. Uh, the foul on Nurkic, the and one, and then made the the, the terrible pass for the turnover uh, there late in the game. And why is is Grayson Allen still playing over DeAnthony Melton in the clutch? We, last episode, I, I, I kind of mentioned that I, I wanted. Melton back in the starting lineup. But that's not as important as who closes the game. And for some reason, Taylor Jenkins goes with Grayson in the clutch. And when Grayson is not knocking down shots like he's in a slump right now, there's just no reason for him to be on the floor. I mean, you the, the Melton is clearly the better player defensively, and that's what you want in these late games. And Grayson is not giving me anything because he's not making shots. So why, why does Taylor Jenkins continue to play him down the stretch, man? I, I just don't get it.
0: Yeah, man, I I got nothing to add to it. I agree with everything you said. I'm that there's there's no reason, there's none, and, and that is that that has been the case throughout the season. We, we've had plenty of moments when both of these guys were healthy, and we saw Grayson over Melton. And I I don't, you know, Sane tweeted out about uh Melton starting, and, and I you know I replied to his tweet and said, I'm like, man. I don't care who's starting, but yeah. but uh, Melton should be playing more minutes, and that's just not the case. I, it's it's puzzling to me, man. I don't know. I, I think so. One of the boys from uh, Grizzly Bear Blues, um, I don't know, maybe Justin. He's like he said. Somebody, please, for the love of God, ask Jenkins why Grayson <laughs> is closing over Melton. And I'm like, yeah, you know, nobody's going to ask that question. No, nobody's going to but ask that question. E- You're going a little bit lightly. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody no is right wondering, Everybody wants to know the answer to that question, but nobody's going to ask that question. And, and we will probably never know the answer to that question. We're just going to sit here and, you know, beat our head against the wall, wondering why the hell, you know, the third best player on the team is – Sitting on the bench in clutch time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just look at this box score. I mean, and we've talked about plus minus and kind of what our thoughts are about that. But he had the highest plus, Melton at the highest plus minus yeah. on the team, plus fourteen tonight. So it's I, I don't know, man. I, and, and you just think in a defensive situation that you would definitely have the better defender on the floor. And the thing about it is, Grayson doesn't even shoot the basketball better than Melton. I know some people have had, kind of used that excuse. I mean, Melton percentage wise is shooting yeah. better than Grayson right now. So yeah, I, I, I don't think- know, man.
0: Yeah, free throw line is the only place that you're gonna have better numbers from Grayson this season, anyway. You know, it, it's I, you know, one of uh, um, what do we get? Eighth wonder of the world, ninth wonder of the world, whatever it is, man. I, <laughs> I, have, it, it's it's driving me nuts over here. I'm I can't get behind it. They did win the game, so having Grayson in there was effective. But when he when he fouled. Oh, man. man when, he, when he committed that foul, I was so – I'm like, yeah. what I are you I went nuts, doing, man. What are you
1: doing? I tweeted that out. I was like, what the hell are you doing, Grayson? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm like, just, like let you're, you're him, just, just let him go. You're not going to stop him, man. Just let him go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Brevin's like, if you're going to foul, you better foul him. You better wrap his yeah. arms up. You better do something to keep him from throwing that ball in the rim. Either that or just let him go, and and
1: it was. I mean, he he he's even got, got a reputation of hard fouls, and then you he's just gonna let him go with that <laughs> he, one. I mean, but yeah, it's he crazy, just like man. hugged
0: him. I'm <laughs> like, what are
1: you doing?
0: What is going on? It's a uh, it, it's crazy, man. I am. I wish I really had something else to say on it. I don't. I think you and I are both on the same page. We both agree that uh, it should be melting. and I think the majority of uh, of Grizz Nation would agree that it should be Melton over Grayson in closing time, it's – I don't know that we see that change, not this season anyway.
1: Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think so.
0: I hope, I hope that something happens and we see it change. But, you know, Grayson was 3-for-12 from the field tonight. Uh, he, didn't, he did not make some free throws late. He was 3-for-3 three three from the free throw line. He is going to – you know, odds are when he's on the line, I said this other night, um, when, when he missed both of those free throws, if you give me a 100 of those games – I'm picking the Grayson side of it every single time, and I'm going to win the majority of them because he is a good free throw shooter. But everything else, even if it's slightly, everything else slides toward toward Melton.
1: Yeah, and I mean he's had opportunities to knock down big shots uh, here of late, and and hasn't done it. I mean he had to. I think he had one uh, top of the key three that he missed uh, in the first Portland game. He had the 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 corner shot I think in, in Denver for a chance to win it. And, yeah, and missed yeah. that one. And again, two big plays tonight uh, down the stretch. He did, did redeem himself a little bit. He got that steal and then knocked down two free throws. So he did yep. redeem himself a little bit there. But yeah, man. I mean, he down the stretch he just made some bad plays. And again, he's not going to bring you, give you what you need defensively in those situations. He's not making shots. So it, again, it just doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. But for some reason, I mean, Coach Jenkins thinks that that's the better better play, man. I, I, like you said, I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that question. But it, it is strange. But looking at the standings, but the Grizzlies are now two games back of Dallas for six. They're half a game back of Portland for seven. Again, opportunity to move into a tie would actually would be ahead of Portland with the tiebreaker currently uh, with a win at Denver tomorrow night. So that's a big game of their game up on San Antonio's at night, a game and a half up on golden state who plays uh, Sacramento at home tonight. So that's one to watch 9 PM on NBA TV. And they're now five and a half games up on the Pelicans who they look like they're about done. I mean, they're now only a game and a half up over uh with 12th place Sacramento. So Sacramento might even catch them. Uh, just again, we talk so much about that team, but again, I think they're they're done uh pretty much, and barring some something crazy, a uh, uh, collapse by one of these teams uh, ahead of them. I I don't see them making the play in. And with the talent that they have on the team, I mean, I don't know what I would feel right now if I was a Pelicans fan, because like what what do you do? I mean, you look at that roster and you think you got two All Star players there and some pretty good players off the bench. You think you have some, a solid roster? They had a pretty good coach. Like, what do do you need to do? Uh, I think it, it, it it's the question. I, I think that's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting summer for them to decide what they want to do because I think they're kind of teetering in a in a position where you might have guys like Zion and, and Brandon Ingram start to murmur that they want out of there.
0: Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't I don't get it, man. I, I, I said the other day I don't um I don't watch enough of their games to really see what's going on. The only thing I can do is kind of box score watch and it just it looks like defense is is a huge hole it's for definitely them,
1: defense, man. but yeah.
0: And I, I don't know what they're gonna do. You New Orleans made some tough decisions when Anthony Davis was there and didn't really get him enough around him to make them a competitive team, to make them, you know, compete for a championship. They cannot afford to do that with Zion. They just can't. That type of talent, those guys are going to want to win. You look at, you look back at the interview with Zion and a lot of people made a huge deal out of it. I'm, I'm not one of those people. But the interview after they played in Madison Square Garden, if the Pelicans are not careful, when it comes time for him to, you know, re-sign, he's going somewhere else, man. These guys want to win, and especially a guy that is a generational talent, he's going to want to win. It, it happened with Anthony Davis. You got a pretty good return, but there's no guarantee that you're going to get a return from Zion if you're not careful. When he becomes a free agent, he's just going to be like, "All right, man, I'm out. See ya." And you're going to get nothing in return for for a franchise player. They've got to figure it out down there, whether it's, you know, maybe Van Gundy is just not connecting with the players. I, I don't know. He said, I, I don't cover them. So I, I don't watch enough of their stuff to know exactly what's going on down there, but they've definitely got some big decisions to make. I don't know that, man, Brandon Ingram's an all-star guy. I don't know that moving him is the right, you know, the right call either. It's, It's really, I'm glad that I'm not in the position to have to make that call. And I hope that they get it right because I want small market teams to be able to yeah. keep stars. You know, Memphis is a small market team. I want John ja Morant and Jaron Jackson to stay in Memphis. I don't want them going anywhere else. And you better believe, you know, they continue as they continue to rise, we're going to get it. Mainstream media is going to be like, well, when is John ja uh, Morant going to get they unhappy are, in Memphis? Yeah, they already are. You know, <laughs> and, and, you know, John ja Morant to the Knicks, John ja Morant to the Lakers. To the Lakers ja, yeah. You know, it, it's, I don't want to deal with that. I know that it's coming, but I want these small market teams to make the right moves to make these guys want to stay. And if you don't put the right amount of talent around that guy, he's going to go LeBron James in Cleveland. Gilbert was not putting talent around him. And so LeBron went to Miami that you may see the same type of thing happen. If they don't put talent around him in new Orleans, if they don't build a team that can win down there, then you may see Zion walk, and, and that's I don't, man, I even hate saying that because I don't want to be on that side of, and I don't want to be like, well, when is he leaving? <laughs> I, I don't want him to leave New Orleans. I don't. If he wants to come and play with Josh, sure, that's fine. But you know,
1: oh yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> you know, I, outside I no of that, no, that. I don't want him, I want him to stay in the small market because if a player like that stays in the small market, it bodes well for these guys that Memphis are drafting that are, you know, Jaron and Ja and, and so on and so forth. It's good for them. It's good for Memphis if Zion stays in new Orleans, because that gives them something, you know, another kind of, you know, notch in the bell, if you want to call it that to keep Ja around. I'm, I'm at a loss. They definitely have too much talent on that team to be as bad as they are. Um, what you have to do to fix it. I would, I, you know, I'd have to really honestly watch more games and be like, okay, you know, I know based off of some of the people that I follow on Twitter, you know, Eric Bloodsoe has been pretty bad this year yeah, and you know, they, they haven't moved well. away from him. And a lot of people are kind of hating on Van Gundy because of that. And, and it's the head coaching thing is tough because I always look at it like this. If you fire your head coach who is out there and available that is going to improve your team. If a guy is out there and he doesn't have a job right now, why does he not have a job? Why is he not already coaching a team? If you feel like this guy can improve your team, I could see it if it's like a college coach moving up and you feel like, you know, Brad Stevens, when he left Butler to go to Boston, if you feel like, okay, this guy is going to make our team better, then, you know, bringing a guy up from college, but even that doesn't always work out there. There are a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that go along with a head coaching position. I I don't know what the move is down there, but I do think they they've got to figure something out. Are they going to be in trouble whenever it comes to Zion and, uh, and what he does?
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you took the words right out of my mouth there. That's where I was headed towards with the the small market thing. I, I think and even though the, Pelicans have developed sort of a rivalry with the Grizzlies, even though they kick their butts pretty much every time they play. Uh, you want to see guys like that stay in small markets because, again, we we got John ja Jared here, and you you're already seeing. I see Lakers fans all the time. Uh, when, when is John ja going to be a Laker? When when is John ja going to be a Nick? They're already saying it, and, and as they progress and, and this team gets better, you're going to hear that's going to get louder and louder. Uh, so you you want to see these guys stand there because I'm always for the small markets and, and I'm for this rivalry. I mean, it's six hours away from Memphis. These are two teams and it kind of in the same region that could, could, could battle uh years down the line. And both of these teams end up being good. So I would like to see him, him stay there. But when I, when I think about the situation, especially if they're not winning, uh, during that, that draft lottery, Zion was not happy when the or- new Orleans got their first pick. They kind of, they went to him for to ask him his thoughts on, and he didn't really, you could tell it on his face. He was not happy at all. he, he thought for sure the Knicks were going to get that, that first pick. They had talked so much about that, and pretty much everybody was saying, oh, well, the Knicks are going to get it. He's going to end up in New York. They're going to sign all these guys, and it's going to be great. And then Pelicans and Grizzlies pop up there, and I think a lot of people were disappointed. John ja didn't seem disappointed. Ja was one of those guys where I don't think Ja cared where he went. I think Ja was going to yeah. go play and be who he is no matter where he went. And I, I loved it about him because he, I don't think he's this guy that has these big city dreams that he has to be in this big market I think Ja is, like Grayson says about this team, he's just a hooper. He Whatever jersey he has on, he's going to play. And I think he has already some loyalty to Memphis. I think he fits into the culture. I mean, he's beloved here. And I think he already likes it. I think And I feel the same way about Jaron. I think these guys, these are two guys that I don't think are just looking to be in a different market, a bigger market. I think they're going to be fine here. And especially if this team starts to win, I'm not really concerned about Ja and Jaron. But if I was a Pelicans fan, I, I would definitely be Concerned about the situation. I know a lot of people fluffed it off that it doesn't mean anything. Everybody says I, they like to play at Madison Square Garden, but no one ever 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 goes to sign with the Knicks when it's time to sign with them.
0: But can again, have I, the best arena in the world, man. Yeah, but yeah. they still have Dolan on in the team. yeah.
1: That's that, that's the Jaylen, thing about them. Yeah,
0: Jalen Rose talked about it on the pregame. I was watching the early game on ESPN, and he and he talked about it. And they said they were talking about uh, Phoenix. And how you have to get a, you know, get a coach in place to really turn stuff around. And that's, you know, Thibodeau is doing that in New York right now. But, you know, Jalen has said, he's like, players know whenever ownership tends to meddle and get in there and mess around with basketball decisions when they should not be, players know that and they don't want to go there. And everybody knows what kind of owner Dolan is. I don't have to sit here and tell you. If you don't know, just go back and read stories and read about it. You'll see and look how long the Knicks have, like the Knicks, since he took over, have not been it, good.
1: It's, there no? There's no reason for that team to have been as bad as long as they are in that market. You're yeah, like the, the Big album, New York City, and you can't. Biggest market there, yeah. It, it's,
0: best it's, arena, man.
1: It's all him. I mean, that's yep. the reason why they floundered and struggled so long because of. The type of owner he is, and, and like you said, guys know it, and they don't want to go there and play for him. And and, and that's the thing. I mean, I wish he would would sell the team. I really, really do because I it's the NBA is better when when New York is is good. I mean, they it's, the you NBA have to go back to their man. 90s until when when this team is really good. So that's why I'm I'm, I'm kind of happy that they're they look like a playoff team this year and they're doing better. Because man, it's been a long time, man. Those fans up there in New York have suffered for a long time. So I, I don't have a problem with them them winning. I think it's kind of cool that they're. They have a better team, but again, it does go back to him, and he's the sole reason why they struggled for so long.
0: Yeah, and and that's, I think guys are going and they're they're going to enjoy playing at Madison Square Garden, but as long as he is owning that team, the NBA would be significantly better if pretty much anybody else owned that team. And who knows? I you know he's he's probably not ever going to sell it, and the Knicks. You know they're playing well this year. Good on them. Good on Thibodeau and you know Julius Randle having a breakout season. He is probably most improved player. And you know they continue to climb in the standings over there. I, I think that he deserves some MVP talk. You know he may not win it because they're not one of the top seeds, but uh, he, he's been phenomenal this year.
1: Yeah, uh, no doubt. And it, it's it's been amazing to watch. I think I was talking uh I think there was Parker uh, from from Grizzly uh, from from GBB uh, the other day. We were kind of talking about Randall and how weird it is for a guy that's been in the league as long as he has to have that type of jump. I mean, you you think back, not a lot of guys that have done that. I mean, Mike Conley is a guy that that kind of comes to mind that took a took several years to be really kind of kind of peaked. I think Pascal Siakam is another guy, but there's not a lot of guys that are in the league as long as he's been in and make that type of jump. So I've kind of, kind of enjoyed watching what he's done this year because it's, it's kind of amazing to, to take that kind of leap after all this time to become an all-star. Uh, I don't have the numbers if I can't remember exactly how long he's been in the league, but he's been around a while, and to take this kind of leap is, yeah, is something that you don't six, see. Six or six, seven six years. years. I think it's yeah, six. That's like what that. I wanted to say, but something like that. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty amazing. I'm glad he kind of found his niche and found a fit for him because he wasn't what's what a lot of people expected his first several years in the league, and he's really, really peaked this year. Become a really good player. Kind of reminds you, you see some of the stuff out there. Kind of reminds you of, of Bennett Zeebo, uh some of the stuff that he does out there.
0: Yeah. Yep. He uh, – I enjoy – I've watched a few Knicks games this year. You know, East Coast tip-off time. So, you know, I'll, I'll click it on. And, and he – He's just exciting to watch, man. He's not—he doesn't have the uh, the the flash, of pizzazz like Ja does, but he plays the game right the right way. He can handle the ball for his size extremely well. You know, I, I don't even know what his—I think his assist numbers are pretty crazy this year too. You know, he makes the right play almost all the time, and, and it's fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it really has been. But uh, man, we're gonna gonna get ready to get out of here, man. But before we do, I want to kind of look at at some of the games that. Uh, affect the Grizzlies standing in playoff seed. Of course, you have Golden State in Sacramento tonight, I mentioned earlier. Uh, that's a, a, in Oakland or San Francisco, now 9 p.m. on NBA TV tonight. So keep an eye on that one. Tomorrow night, of course, you have the Grizzlies and Nuggets, 8 p.m. You also have uh, the Spurs at Wizards. Uh, that's an early tip of 6 p.m. You like to see the Wizards get a win there if you're a Grizzlies fan. You also have Clippers at Pelicans at 7 p.m. Uh, and You have Mavericks at Kings late night, 9 p.m. on NBA TV so those are kind of the games to keep a lookout, but it's going to be fun uh, down the stretch. I mean, I think you between these two teams, where do these teams land? I mean, you could could be anywhere from six, seven to, to 10. I mean, I think any of these teams depending on what happens, to, but I think looking at the Grizzly schedule, I, I think they have a really good opportunity here to finish strong. I mean, you got JV back in the mix. Of course, he's probably not going to play in back. To, I mean, not JV, but uh, uh, Jared back in the mix. I think you'll have him and JV tomorrow night, which I think is going to be big. And, I think the Grizzlies are going to win this game again. You're traveling back to back at altitude, but the, the Nuggets are going to be without uh, Will Barton, who again was a tremendous part of that big game. They don't win it without him. Big shot at the big shot down the stretch to to keep the Nuggets in that one. Also without Monté Morris, uh, of course Jamal Murray out with the ACL tear. So I think it's an opportunity for the Grizzlies to finish this trip strong at five and two. I'm I'm going to be really interested to see the look with with Jaren and JV. or wonder does Jenkins finally put? Jared in the starting lineup. I think that's kind of going to be an interesting question to see. Do we see that before the season ends?
0: Mm, yeah, I don't know. I was surprised after how well he played in that first game. I was surprised to not see him in the starting lineup. But, you know, I, the, the starting lineup chemistry is great right now. And Jaron sure doesn't seem, you know, like to mind coming off of the bench. You know, I, He's going to be on the minute restriction. So coming off of the bench, playing against the second string guys on the other team, that's going to give you a, a star player playing against the the bench of the other team. That's going to be a, a definite advantage for the Grizzlies. Um, I don't know. I'm 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 kind of fine either way at this point in the season. You know, obviously I know that Jaron is a long term starter, but if he keeps him coming off of the bench for the remainder of the season, it's not going to bother me at all. I think that he's going to be probably somewhere in the twenty five to twenty eight minute a night range. I don't know that we'll see him going up over 34, 35 minutes. I just don't think that he plays that much in any of the games this season. Unless, you know, when, when the Grizzlies get to the play-in, maybe maybe at that point he gets there. But uh, to, to start off, I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, and I, I kind of said that I would like to see him in the starting lineup. I think I tweeted that out yesterday. But I, I like you said, I kind of like the, the look off the bench. I think the chemistry with the starting lineup has been great. And yet you have a guy that's coming in off the bench a star player that kind of gives you an advantage uh when he he comes into the game and i think you'll see him closing the game like you did in the first game against portland so again it doesn't matter so much who starts it, it's who ends the game and and who's played well at the end of the game so it doesn't doesn't really matter I, I think he'll be fine i mean he's coming in putting up big numbers off the bench so again right now why mess with it uh if if something's not broke don't, don't fix it and i think that's kind of mm-hmm kind of situation with that. But, again, man, I want to run down the schedule real quick, the remaining schedule of the season before we get out of here. 13 games remaining. Of course, you have the final game of the seven-game road trip tomorrow night um, as the Grizzlies travel to play the Nuggets at altitude. Of course, on Wednesday night, you're back home with the third and final matchup against the Portland blazers a chance to sweep them 3-0 in the season, which would be uh, fantastic. You know Dame and Portland is going to be ready for that one, but I think the Grizzlies will be up for the task as well. I'm uh, probably going to be excited to be back home and sleep in their own beds, man. So it'd be, God, it's going to be a big time game and opportunity for the Grizzlies to really, really put the places behind the eight ball. But after that, on Friday, you got the magic at home and back to back strange back to back where uh, home away um, on Saturday night, you're going to be in Orlando and that's two games you look at. And, and we talked about that earlier. Th- those, those are the type of games that, especially in the situation they are now down the stretch, you need to win both of those games. I mean, that's, there's no yeah. excuse for you to lose that Magic team. They're 18 and 41. They've they've traded away all the, the pieces that they did have in there. Then and now they're not even trying to win games. They're playing for lottery balls right now. So that's you can't let that team beat you. And, and that's an opportunity for you to pick up two wins right there. And I think you gotta have them.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100 percent You know, I, I'm was gonna shout out Sharon whenever we done the 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 show about the Clippers because she said before that game, she's like, game. this feels like a yeah. trap game. And these two against the Magic. When you're looking at this schedule, you know you've got the Knicks, which are a playoff team in the East, and the the T Wolves, which is a game that you should win. The Pistons, but I I just feel like the Grizzlies know this Magic team. They're playing youth. They're they're developing slash tanking, and they have to go in. Even though they are playing youth, they're still pros. You got to go in, and you have to play the game. And they've got a few of them: Magic, T Wolves, and Pistons. Just off the top, those three games right there are games that the Grizzlies are probably going to be pr- pretty heavily fa- favored, and they've still got to go out and play these games. And you know, the, the Pistons all year long have been a team that that they've played good against better yeah. teams, even though their record doesn't show it. They didn't beat but they say the first, yeah. Yeah, them because
1: good I was going to say the first time here they gave Grizzlies a lot of problems. I think if I remember correctly, the Grizzlies were down for a lot of that game and kind of kind of kind of battled back to win that one here at FedEx Forum, so the Pistons are out of that group is definitely one when you look at the Magic, uh, the T-Wolves and the Pistons, Pistons are one of those teams that if you, you don't play well, they'll definitely beat you um, yeah. Tim- Timberwolves is one of those teams too, I mean they have Anthony Edwards who's playing really well, um, Carl Anthony Towns, they have guys on that team that can, can really play, so I mean you you have to all these guys, and at the end of the day, all these guys are NBA players and you have to come out and play well, but when you look at the, these, especially when you're in a situation where you're trying to move up in seeding, these are games that, that you need to win. I mean, the Grizzlies are more talented than these teams, and they need to win these games. But, again, you got the two Magic games. Talked about those, and those are games they should win. The Knicks is a game at home. And you look at that game in New York, the Grizzlies really outplayed them. I mean, it, it, it yeah, until until the fourth quarter where they just kind of let go of the rope and imploded, couldn't knock down free throws, and just lost that game. You feel like there's one that they should win. I, I feel like the Grizzlies will, will get revenge in that game and win at home. But, again, you can't do the things like they did in, the, in the, at the end of that game. Uh, you have to knock down free throws. You have to play well. You have to go out and be professional. E- even when you're a good team, you can't afford to just not show up and feel like you can slough off and go out there and just beat teams because you feel like you're a better team than them. It's just not going to happen when you let other teams get confidence. And Brevin talks about this all the time, that you, you kind of slow stuff around. You're like, oh, well, we'll turn it on at some point. We know we're better than this team. Once that team gets rolling and gets confidence, then they start making shots. And you're like, hold on, we got to, do something here and you look up and it's too late. Uh, yeah. and, and that's kind of what we've seen several times this year. But again, down the stretch here, I think they got to avoid that. But at the Timberwolves uh, on Wednesday, May 5th, at the Pistons, at the Raptors. So you got a, a road trip, a three-game road trip there. Uh, come home to the Pelicans and we know what what has <laughs> happened between these two teams uh, over the last, uh, last few years. Uh, but I think it's time for the Grizzlies to get over the hump. I mean, I think by that point, if things kind of continue to go roll like they're rolling right now, I think the Pelicans will be kind of out of it. I think that's a game again, you need to take care of on the home floor and you come back with a big one um home against the Mavericks. The Mavericks already have the tiebreaker, but again, who knows what where they'll be in the standings. That's going to be a big game either way uh, for seeding purposes. Then you got two with the Kings at home and you finish up with the Warriors, which could be another big game. So there are a lot of opportunities for the Grizzlies to win this game. We kind of talked about it here at the top of the show that if the Grizzlies are going to to, to try to get up to the sixth seed uh, what they got 13 games remaining. Yeah. I think you need to win about 10 of these games. If, if you're going to have any thoughts of moving up to the six seed.
0: Yep. So, you know, Grizz nation, the rest of the season, obviously we're, we're rooting for the Grizzlies, but then on top of that, we're rooting for anybody that's playing Portland and Dallas. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that, that, that's the two teams that are ahead of us right now in the standings. And that's the teams that the Grizzlies want, want to catch. So you're going to have to take care of business. You're going to have to win the games that you're favored in. And, you know, you still got another matchup against Dallas. That can be huge. By the time we get to that game, by the time the Grizzlies get to that game on May 11th, there's no telling what the standings are going to be. Dallas wants to be out outside of the play-in. They want to be in the sixth seed. So they're going to be playing. They're going to play to win. And those guys are, you know, they know, they know that they're locked in. They know that they have to be locked in and ready to go. Man, I'm struggling here. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Dallas knows that they've got to be locked in and ready to go. And the Grizzlies just have to be the same way. You've got a lot of games in May where you're going to be favored. Looking through this schedule, I would say that there may be, maybe only one game that they're not favored in May. I think maybe that, that Dallas game at home may be the only game that they go into it as, as not the favorite. So, you know, I, odds are they're not going to win all of them, but like Isaac said, you, you've got to get nine, 9, 10, 11 of those games if you want to move up outside of that play-in. Grizzlies are in a great spot. I think that they are 100% going to be in the play-in at minimum and still outside shot that they can get to the sixth seed We'll see what happens if they continue to play the way that they did today against the Blazers. They're going to be in a good spot. I think that they could definitely get to that sixth spot.
1: Yeah, PR- I, I think so. Yeah, I think I definitely think they, they have an opportunity. And I think we're getting healthy. I mean, you got JV back in the mix now. Uh, you, you got Jared, at least when it's not a back to back. So I think looking at this team talent wise, I, I think you look at these two games, I think they've proven. And I think you have to say it. I don't know why how anybody could debate this right now. I think this team is better than Portland. I mean, they didn't even have Jaron tonight. I mean, you kind of switched guys out. You had Jaron last game and no JV, and opposite of this one, I think you have to say that the Grizzlies are a better team than them right now. And I think when you look at that Dallas game uh, and not having Jaron in that one, and you having Jaron, I I think talent-wise, I think the Grizzlies are are better than these teams. I I, I really do think that, and I think that's big to, for them to be getting healthy right now because I and with the schedule they have left, I think they have more than was the storm through that tough part of the schedule and I think this might pay off down the stretch.
0: Yep, I agree with you, man. Guys, we're going to get out of here. You can get the show on Twitter at Grizz. I'm at DWill2111. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man.
1: Yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals, man. We're going to be right back at it, man. No rest for the weary tomorrow night. Grizzlies taking on the Nuggets, a, a big opportunity. Uh, lost two close games, the first one by one point here at FedEx Forum, double overtime, second game earlier in this trip. I, I think opportunity to get revenge. I think the Grizzlies get a big victory and finish the trip off by the two, man. So for, for David, and Isaac. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Until then, go Grizzlies.
0: This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile,